Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Welcome to another episode of the Kevin and Philip Project. I believe this is episode six of season five, something like that. I'm just rolling in hot from Oklahoma. I got good news. You did? What kind of news did you get? The jalapeno cheddar biscuit is back at Whataburger. All right. That made my day today. So You know, Whataburger is a place I think would do just fine in Salina, Kansas. Man, their breakfast is good. Oh, some last week Hal uh, met his sisters in Wichita, and she brought from Stillwater a hamburger from him from Whataburger. That's all. <laughs> that's all he wanted. Well, speaking of last week, you're looking tan. Yes, fiftieth uh, <laughs> or no, no. I'm not supposed to say how old. Yep, fortieth. First fiftieth birthday for the wife. We had a little birthday party in uh, Dominican Republic, Punta Cana. Um, was really nice. Um. No family fights? Nope. Everybody had a good time. Is uh, We were there on a Monday through Friday, so f- somewhat, and probably in maybe it's this time of year or whatever, but somewhat had the place to ourselves. We're the first ones, you know, in the pools, had a place by the pool all the time. You know, sometimes you'll go to those resorts, and you've got to be up early to, yep. to get a spot by the pool or whatever. Chair, yeah. We were able to just sit by now Friday uh, everybody came in Thursday night, I suppose. Yep. So Friday when we got up, it was a whole different resort. But yeah, you t- not for how cheap it was and everything. Um, you couldn't ask for nicer, a better beach. I am not crazy about their food. It was basically Americanized yeah. food on a buffet and and a grill down by the yeah. Beach. It was all inclusive, right? Yeah, all yep. inclusive. And but the food wasn't anything special. But not complaining. I mean, it was it was fine. <clears throat> But um, I got to see somebody in the airport that uh, some of you professional wrestlers out there might uh, might have enjoyed. I got to oh, yeah? r- run into in Atlanta the Big Show. The Remember Big the Big Show, show? Paul White. And yep. I'm telling you, he Wichita is State basketball player. the Big Show. Yeah, he is yep. so big; it's unbelievable. When he, we first walked by him, he was sitting at the corner of a little restaurant there in the hotel, and uh, Lisa said, "My God, look how huge that man is!" And I go, "I know him." He's a professional wrestler. So my father-in-law goes over to him and says, my son-in-law says you're a professional wrestler. And he said, you want to wrestle right now? <laughs> and Doug said, oh, no, I'm too old for that. But I watched him take um, two full-size chicken sandwiches and mash them together into one chicken sandwich <laughs> and just Save some time. chowed down. On yep. t- uh, he, is, he was truly was one of the bigger humans I've ever seen. Yep. Just amazing yep. how big and, those and guys think, are. Uh, like Andre the Giant would dwarf him. I had like, no idea that he was he played basketball at Wichita yeah, State. Yeah, he played basketball at Wichita State for a well, couple years. Well, he was flying to Wichita. Yep. He was sitting at the Wichita. Yeah, right I just the, saw some things there was an, about him. I don't know if there was. There was some was, wrestling thing this yeah. weekend with the AEW. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. AEW was, was in Wichita. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So he must have been there announcing yep. or something. No, but, I think he's wrestling with them again. Oh, he is? under contract with them right now well, he so. is i'm telling you i would not i wouldn't even want to shake hands with him for fear he'd rip my whole arm yep, off that no that is right yeah he they they did have a an event in wichita last week so you know and and i'll say this and i am a, a wrestling fan i think we've talked a little bit about this before but uh 
I listen. I actually just listened to one today on my way back from Oklahoma City. I listened to a couple of podcasts that have to do with wrestling. Yeah. But it's actually more on the business side of wrestling, not the actual wrestling itself. They do talk about storylines, but one of them is is called Grilling with JR. So it's got old JR, yeah. you know, the old uh, announcer there from Oklahoma that did WWE and all that kind of stuff for decades. They call him the voice of wrestling. Um because he used to hire and fire talent. He was the one that was in charge of, of doling out the paychecks. He was involved in the creative, so coming up with the storylines and, and keeping those wrestlers happy. So they talk a lot. They do some. They do talk about current stuff, but they also go back in time, and they'll watch a, like a pay-per-view from like 1996. And he'll talk about what's going on in the locker room, what's going on with Stone Cold Steve Austin's contract, why The Rock's doing this. So it's a really interesting podcast. And then there's another one. It's called 83 Weeks. And it centers around Eric Bischoff, who used to run the WCW back when they had the Monday Night Wars, when WCW and WWE were going head-to-head on Monday nights back in the late 90s. So for 83 weeks, WCW's TV ratings were higher than WWE's. And so they, he talks a lot about the business side of rest on WCW side. Um, it's just, they're both very interesting on the business side. So if you're a wrestling fan, go check those out. They're pretty cool. I've, I've read things about so many guys don't make any money. Only the top end guys really made tremendous money and the crowds that they bring, you would think everyone's making money, but it's why Vince McMahon has so much money now because evidently he pocketed a lot. Then you got the fame of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and these guys like yep. the Big Show, which I don't know what the Big Show potentially makes, but probably a decent living. But a lot of those older guys didn't I mean no, you didn't make a lot of money. So, so now your top guys have contracts, right? Yeah. So they'll ha- they'll get paid five million dollars a year to do X amount of events a year. But back in the eighties, early nineties. It was you went to house shows during the week yep. and whatever the gate was, they split that up. And if you were one of the guys who were in the main event or one of the attractions that brought people in or had a good match that night, like literally week to week, there was no guarantee on what you were going to get. JR decided, hey, I got a pool of $30,000 that we made at the gate tonight. You're getting 800, you're getting 600, you're getting 1,000. And that's how it was. And whoever the crowd loved is who they went after. So or the had guys, the best match my, or, my original yeah. wrestling that I got on TV, of course, back then we didn't have pay-per-view or we didn't have even cable. We just got what was local wrestling. Yep. And so my first guys would have been Junkyard Dog, mm-hmm. uh, Hacksaw Jim Dugan, yep. which is my was always my yep. favorite. Hey, uh, you know, he um, – I got called Dugan since I was a little kid, and all my friends in Oklahoma still call me Dugan because I used to stomp around and act like him. Remember how you well, used see, to stomp? So I knew they called you sweet. Dugan, but I never knew why. Yeah, it's so. it's Hacksaw Jim. Me and my huh. brother Johnny got in a fight one time, and I hit Johnny with a uh, two-by-four. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, and he was quite a bit bigger than me. And so everybody started calling me Dugan when I was pretty young, and then it just stuck. So huh. I was Dugan from there that you go. day I on. never knew that. Yeah. So, but. And and this was not on our itinerary to talk to, but <laughs> that was back in the old territory days. And Jr. used to do a lot of stuff back then, and so he yep. talks a lot about that before Vince McMahon went in and bought them all out. And you know who the most famous guys were, and you if you would go even to, which you guys may not know this town, but Tishomingo, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they would come. That's where Murray State College is at in Oklahoma. The guys from the 
from the old wrestling out of uh, Dallas would come up there and wrestle yep. all the time, and yep. then they'd wrestle on the weekend, yep. but they'd or do Memphis. a show at yep. the gym, and that was Kerry Von Erich, yep. all the Von Erich family, the Freebirds, and yep. all those guys. They had those three-man tag teams. Yep. Those we used to just die for. Yep. We would just get no, anything JR to watch. JR <laughs> on that podcast talks a lot about the old days in those territories. Jerry the King Lawler ran the Memphis Territory, and they used to come to Oklahoma. The Von Erichs ran the Dallas one? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, But, yeah, anyway, two good podcasts if you're into wrestling and you want to learn a little bit more on the business side of it. Um, there was a whole deal about you know when Bret Hart, when he was leaving WWE and went to WCW, they call it the Montreal Screwjob. When Vince McMahon made a change at the last minute and Bret Hart ended up losing his his belt, his championship belt in his hometown of Montreal. Um, and the one I just listened to goes all the way through that and talks about that and, and what happened after the fact and how Bret Hart ended up in the WCW right after that. Just really interesting stuff if you used to watch wrestling like I did used back to. in the day. I, it, it amazes me the kind of crowd that they still draw. Just unbelievable. I heard... I, we were in Wichita one night whenever WWE was in Wichita, and at the restaurants, everyone mm-hmm. was going to it. We we were in, um, oh, we were somewhere like in, uh, I think in Las Vegas they were wrestling, but we could not believe the amount of husbands and wives all just lined up to go yep. to that. I've only probably been to two in my whole life, and it's when I was a kid. I got I got to see Jake the Snake fight Andre the Giant, and he put his snake on him and all yeah. that. And that was in the old Myriad in downtown Oklahoma City, but. Outside of that, I've I've never been to a WWE or anything like that, but but I know for a fact they draw humongous yep. crowds. They'll, and and the merchandise is where the money is. I mean, that's yep. like the, your Stone Cold and Rocks and those guys. That's where they make a lot of their money is on that merchandise that they sell. So well, Lisa put a picture or or found a picture for me. She, whenever I told her who he was, she looked up his Instagram and he immediately posted a picture of himself. He was in first class on the front row of mm-hmm. the plane, and his head was touching the yep. ceiling. That's how big he was. Yep. So those guys, you know, he can afford first class, but what if you're that big of a man and yep. you're not capable? You just wouldn't fly. Yep. It would be so impossible. Yep. No, Andre the Giant used to not fly because he yep. couldn't fit in the planes. Like, he would literally take up a whole row, and he'd have to sit there with his head sideways. Sideways. That'd be just so. miserable. Um all right. Well, there's 10 minutes and we didn't yeah, even get to anything. Sorry about, so. <laughs> sorry about that, but that um, was a. Well, yeah. So one thing I want to bring up, we're going to get into some football and basketball stuff here. Um, one of the things I wanted to uh, bring up real quick was to congratulate uh, Salina and the uh, organizers of the Salina Crossroads Marathon. Had a wonderful unbelievable event crowd. last Saturday. Um, communication was good. The, the race itself was managed well. I only heard one negative comment, and that just had to do with some of the hotels not allowing for late checkouts on Saturday. I don't think they understood what was going on and kind of what that process looked like for marathon runners. But, uh, I mean, everybody's on Facebook has had nothing but good things to say. Right. Except for a handful of people. And I'm going to get into this. There are always going to be a handful of people. There is. I get it. So, the name of the guy is Tim Unruh. He used to be involved in the paper. Right. I, I know he used to write a lot of articles. I don't know what all he was involved with with the paper, but I heard about this. So I had to go check it out for myself. So he was throwing a hissy fit because he couldn't get to B&K prescription shop to get his medication on Saturday at a specific time. His first argument 
was that they didn't market it very well and they didn't tell people what was going on. So then everybody jumped on his butt and showed that they had been marketing this for over a year. If you go to any news website, they had information about it. They had maps of the route. He literally could have parked like a block away and gotten to B&K prescription shop. Right. He chose not to. <laughs> chose to, to complain about it. So then once that argument went out the window, then him and a couple other people started complaining that the city, when they do planning for events like this, they don't think about other people that aren't involved in the event. And I'm like, why? I mean. There's always going to be people yeah. not involved in yeah. many events. So then once that argument was done, then he started complaining about emergency vehicles and people dying because emergency vehicles couldn't get through. And I'm like, dude, now you're just making stuff up. If, if an emergency vehicle needed to get through a barricade on, a, on the course where they're running, they would be able to do so. The marathon runners would stop and let them through. They're not going to keep the, the emergency vehicle and then the last argument, once that one was was done, was that the shops downtown lose money when they shut downtown down. I'm like, they had over 4,000 people downtown Friday and Saturday. Doesn't the finish line end downtown? Yeah. Oh, the whole, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so half of the I, thing was downtown. I would think it was a booming time for downtown. I would think. I don't even ever, I would never get, I don't get into arguments on Facebook because someone's always mad about something i you you it just doesn't matter someone's always got it's just the way the world yeah, is and it, it's, it is it could could have been anybody that just has complaints because you can have the nicest article read something about someone very nice and it it does it turns negative immediately almost any article you read well you know jerry ivy filled in the pond and i think i've talked about this before because so, I got into it with a couple guys on on Slina Post, or I think it was Slina Post, might have been Slina Three Eleven. But so they were, oh, the city took away the pond from us. It was just, they're filling it in, and I'm like, so now you're complaining about it. Where were you on the multiple city commission meetings when they asked for citizens' input because they wanted ideas? On the multiple special meetings that they had, again, inviting the public to come help them make decisions on what to do, or the surveys that they sent out multiple times asking people to select different options of what they would. So you don't say anything at all until after they make the decision <laughs> and decide what, what they feel is the best based on the input they've received, the money they have available. Now it's time for you to start complaining. Like, I had heard stories that that little pond was almost full of goose poop. I mean, like almost filled in. There was a lot. Them. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there was a lot of things going on there. So it was it was a project that I guess some city workers did years ago, just on their own because they just wanted to have a cool little pond. Yeah. So it was not. Uh, it wasn't as regulated as it is now. But they literally just went out there, dug a hole put some sandbags up, and, and just had a pond. Had ducks and, and geese come. The problem is, is at, it started filling up, so it was really shallow. And that's why we had the blue-green algae, because the water never cooled down, because it was so shallow, it was always warm. Yeah. And so in order to fix it, you had to put millions of dollars of filtration systems and cooling and all this kind of stuff, which doesn't make sense. The, the amount of money for what they were going to have to do doesn't make sense. The other option they had was to dig it deeper 
And the problem with that is that there's not enough watershed running into it to keep it full. And you are still probably going to have to do some sort of filtrations. I mean, we're talking about many, many millions of dollars to do something with it. Isn't it so, funny how you, you 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 don't even exaggerate when you talk about many millions now on doing almost anything? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear people building, and with the price of interest rates right now, who can afford anything? That's uh, yeah. But but on to that, the city, talking about the city and the things that the city's done good. Yesterday was our election. Yep. In town, and we uh, we had an. 13%, is that right, or a 16? I think 17% 16, total okay. in the county. 17% turnout yep. uh, for the election, which I don't know if people get it or don't get it, but it, local elections m- might have more effect on you than sometimes they even the absolutely national. absolutely do. Uh, but they're the lowest turnout always. Right. right. Just always are. Yep. I, I don't get it. I mean, those yesterdays, obviously, I I'm, I'm, got me all worked up, and now my blood's boiling, but... The people that we voted for yesterday are the people that are voting for your local tax dollars and what to do with that in this community. They're voting for what your kids are going to be taught in school. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do has a direct effect on your life in this community. The president, the senators, yeah, big picture they do. Obviously, if they go to war, you're going to have effects in your life. But a lot of the stuff that they do in Washington doesn't affect your day-to-day life. But, yeah, to your point, you can get 30%, 40% sometimes turnout for an election for the president. But when it's just local people, it's always under 20. There's got to be something else on the ballot that brings them out. Um, Correct. Yeah. A, and that, a few years ago, I think we – I can't remember what the election would have been, but we had things on there that brought more people out. But mm-hmm. just a regular election – and your vote matters more. I mean, when you're talking about voting for the president, you're one of 20 million, 30 million votes, right? right. That, that's, that'd be 10%. But um, it, here, your one vote is one of maybe 3,000. Yeah. Like, your vote, there is one race that was within, I think, 30 or 40 votes. If I, it, it, was, it was under 100 votes um, on the city commission. On, okay. Between second and third place, so your vote counts when you get into these smaller elections, these local elections. Well, we had a we had a shutdown of the DMV this week. I saw that too. But it, <laughs> but somehow someone's came back and said that it will reopen tomorrow, and they had expected it to be closed for quite some time. So yeah, whatever the like issue it. was, it we was will be back open. It's sort. November the or yeah, it's November the eighth today. So tomorrow's November nine, and they say that they'll be back open. Um, it doesn't affect me at all. I'm not going to go to the DMV for a couple more I years. Try most not likely, <laughs> but uh, but I know it always affects people whenever they're dealing with the DMV. Yep. Well, we haven't done a podcast. It's been about three weeks, so a little bit longer than our two weeks. We since Phil was out of out of town last weekend. Um, you want to talk about your Sooners a little bit? I've I've had a lot of people come up to me you know, saying they can't wait to hear you. What are we seven and two now? Yep, we were six and seven last year. We're still better. I I think you can over evaluate someone because I'm going to tell you something. We they K State, Oklahoma State, these people got under evaluated because it's it makes such a difference if you lose early or lose late. Yep. So Oklahoma had they lost a couple early. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to be be dropping dropping like a rock. 
And we literally could have just lost three straight because UCF was right in the game mm-hmm. with us the whole way. I mean, we could be six and three right now. So due to the fact that we go into the Texas game five and zero oh and and beat Texas, you're you're overvalued because you can still look at our team and go, is Dylan Gabriel? Can he start for a lot of other people in the country? Do you think? Oh, yes, a lot of yeah. other people. Top 25 people. Does he start at a lot of the other top 25 schools? I don't think he does. Yeah, and definitely not the top half. Yeah. Right. He's he's not very good. We've uh, Well, I, don't, I hate to say that. It, I think he's decent. Pretty yep. good. Good player. But I would think the future's a little brighter whenever you get Arnold Jackson in there. Yeah. Um, and so, I looked last week, and our number one receiver was uh, Stoops. Is Stoops a number one receiver no. at any other top no. 25 what, was, team in the country? Didn't he walk, walk on initially? He's a walk-on. Yeah. I mean, we still have not got what Brent Venables is looking for. No. His recruiting class is awesome. His yep. transfer portal has been awesome. So they're going to get better. Yep. I um, think they've taken a pretty good step on the defensive side of the ball, which I would yep. expect with the def- with him being the head coach and, and the defensive coaches. And I haven't watched a lot of OU play this year. Um, well, your two losses are to two road teams who are top 20 teams, and you played them both pretty darn close. Yeah. It's, a fl- it's, a, you know, it's a flip of the coin in either game. You could have won both. You could have lost both. It doesn't, so I'll, it doesn't kill me. I'll be honest with you. You're taking this better than I thought you would. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> think – I thought we were overrated to begin with because okay. I can watch other people like Michigan, Ohio yeah. State, um, even still Alabama and Georgia. We can't play with yeah, those guys. It's a different level, yeah. We, we yep. There's no way. And I don't know that this year we could play with Washington or Oregon. They're just so much better. I do think we can play with USC. I think we would beat Colorado. <laughs> We're, we beat, we'll get to I mean, USC here in a little bit. I, I do want to talk about a couple so things So it really has not upset me when I think if we – okay, you got three very winnable games and you end the year at 10-2. and two, mm-hmm. That's a hell of a jump from, seven, yep. from six and seven last yep. year. And uh, and and you know you got help on the way. Now I know we're going to the SEC next year, but he's recruited for that. Mm-hmm. He's he's will be fine. Yeah, I just, just like I said, I think defensively, I think they they look better than last year for certain. Um, I think offensively across the board, and and I'm going to go back. I'm going to compare this team to the to Lincoln Riley's teams to you know Bob Stoops teams. It, it seems like across the board on the offensive side of the ball everybody's kind of a level lower than what they used to be on offense. There's not so. a there's not a quarterback, running back, or wide receiver that could have started Correct. on teams four years yeah. ago. Yeah, you all Oklahoma always no had starts. a really good running back. Yep. Oklahoma always had that number one receiver that could just you just throw the ball for grabs and that guy's gonna jump up and get it. And number one was break tackles and, and they just don't have that. Obviously quarterbacks well, uh, n- number one quarterback um, wide receiver was injured three weeks ago. Like I say, if Drape Stoops is your number one mm-hmm. wide receiver, he's a walk on white kid that only runs good routes. It's like Steve Largen. He runs yep. a great route and has good hands. He ain't gonna blow anybody no. away. I could have made I could have made an argument year a few years ago. The only reason he was on the team was because of his last name. Right. I could have too a couple of years back. Now he has He's been pretty productive. He's gotten productive. better, yeah. yeah he's been he's gotten productive. better, no doubt about that. And then Farouk this week should be a good wide receiver, and he got in trouble during the week. I don't know what – let me tell you the truth. Two weeks in a row I didn't watch a ball game. I was on the road. One game I was at a Pitt State game, Pitt State game. The next week I'm traveling back, so all I can hear is on the radio or what I can pick up yep. on my phone. So, fortunately, I didn't have to set through it. 
which would have been pretty frustrating, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, good for good for Oklahoma State. You're 20 and 91 against us now, and you but you won the last one. So let's talk about Oklahoma State before we get to Casey. Let's talk they're since you brought they, it up. They're not bad. Um, it was interesting after the the losses to South Alabama and mm-hmm. Iowa State before they play K State that Gundy had lost the locker room. This team is terrible. He's on his way out, and now he's a. Uh, Look, they're talking about if he didn't have that South Alabama loss, he'd be up for the running for coach of the year. But potentially he could be. And you look at it now, we're, what are we got a four-way tie for third place in the league? I, I mean, they have um, the easiest schedule from this point forward to make it to Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm not going to say anybody's cheating. But ain't nobody wants Texas and Oklahoma in the championship game no. in the Big 12. No. If they could have figured out a way Texas for K-State to beat uh, Texas last week, they would have tried to figure it out because they don't want yeah. them to playing in the last Big 12 championship game. They want Oklahoma State and K-State or anybody yeah, but Oklahoma anybody and Texas. But anybody. Yeah. yeah. No, I would agree with that. And it, I just it, – I found it interesting with Gundy how everybody was so anti-Gundy before. So here, here's what I'm going to ask you. I think we talked about this before. I don't remember. So I'm going to bring it up because it's been – it was talked about all last week. Your opinion, and then I'll give you mine, on – Everybody from OU blaming Oklahoma State for this being the last Bedlam game. Everybody at Oklahoma State is blaming Oklahoma. Correct. Yes. And everybody at Oklahoma is blaming Oklahoma State for it. I, I really have heard more Oklahoma State people blaming Oklahoma saying we're not the ones that pulled out of this. Right. But who cares? That's Oklahoma I, State. I, you, there's a lot. Okay, we were just talking about Jim – the wrestling guy? Yep. He, he's huge OU guy. He's one of the guys that's an old guy that loves the rivalry, loves Bedlam, mm-hmm. dead for it. And he's a little upset that Oklahoma won't do something. How are you going to do it from now on? Yep. Uh, and they will. They'll get back to it. They'll figure it out yeah. somewhere down the line because other schools have figured yeah, it out. Yeah, just like KU Missouri they in basketball. Yep. It, you'll, figure, you'll eventually figure yep. it out. But Because um, OU – once it said we went to Oklahoma State and said we will play you non-conference to continue this rivalry, and Oklahoma State said no, and I get why. I hundred percent get why. I, I'm on Oklahoma State side, and that's why I wanted to see if your take on this because well, that's so that's the that's Gundy, the reason Oklahoma spent a whole blaming story blaming Oklahoma for right. losing the rivalry, and it is. I mean, he should be happy that we lost. How many times have we cost him winning anything? <laughs> yeah. I mean, time and time. I think in his whole career, from the time he was a player through an assistant coach to now, he's won like six times through all those. Never won as yep. a player. Uh, has now won what five times as a coach, or maybe four times. I think I think not even four because somebody said that uh, he tied Drake Stoops for oh. Bedlam wins. <laughs> yeah, so it could be yeah. could be that he has four wins. So why would he want to continue to play him whenever he could potentially now excel in the Big Twelve? Well, and I don't and think put himself he, in playoff. He, he doesn't bring it up. He wants this well, to go away. I read him talking all about it. Well, because people are asking about. Yeah, it. I mean. That, and that's my thing is and Venables has never said a word about it. No, Venables no, not really, we're not talking about Venables. We're no. talking about media and, and and fans because OU fans have been blaming Oklahoma State, saying, "Well, we offered to play you guys in non-con, and you guys said no." And Oklahoma State saying, 
we wouldn't have this problem if you guys didn't bail on the Big 12 for the SEC. You're the ones that ended it. And he doesn't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, but do you remember, maybe let's go back as far as five years ago, whenever the Big 12 was supposed to be imploding. Yep. And at that time, the, the, uh, the conference out west was trying to get Oklahoma and Oklahoma State Correct. come together. Correct. Well, the state legislators both said they we're going to keep them together. Right. Well, how come the state legislator didn't have any power to keep them together. Yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. claim that they had the power to do that. But if they would have left together and gone there, the rivalry would have continued. Mm-hmm. But they weren't invited to the SEC. Right. right. They're not the brand that the SEC is looking no, for. They've already got an old yep. Miss. Yep. They don't need another old Miss. No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think you go to the Pac-12. I mean, Oklahoma State's still a better brand, at least from a football standpoint, which is what we're talking about. Than almost all. Than most of those teams. Yeah. yeah. Right? So – so I get it, and but I SEC's think their, not I that I think way. their brand goes up, along with K-State. I, I, they have an opportunity. I mean, both yeah. schools have an opportunity here. To own yep. the league yep. for a long so. time. Well, speaking of K-State. I'll tell you one more thing, though. Okay. My stomach would have hurt a lot worse if I'd have lost to Texas than losing to Oklahoma State or Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's the difference in the rivalry. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. An, it's, a, it's a dead yeah. rivalry. Oklahoma right. State wants to beat OU every year. Right. We don't live and die to beat Oklahoma State. You just almost expect to. It's well, not right. Even a, the, and the reason you're saying that is because it's so one-sided. Right. Like, so, if it was 50-50, your feelings about that game would be different. True. And But it's been that way since we were kids. You saw the record whenever we won last. I mean, for the, since, like, the 50s were 33-33-3, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, the OU Texas series. Right. That's dead even. Right. It's not. Right. Right. 90 yeah. and 20. Right. It's, right. There's a big difference. No, yeah, I get it completely. So, and, and you know, I mean. And I don't have anything against them. I'll probably be a big Oklahoma State fan. I say big with not a capital B. Right. Little as, B, as little big I, as you little G. Be. Big <laughs> as I can be. But I'll support them, and we'll hope that they win for my friends that are down there. But, um, but I, I – I didn't lose any sleep. The sun came up on Sunday morning because I was thinking we're seven and two. We can't go six and seven again. We've already guaranteed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I cashed on the over on the six and a half wins for Oklahoma State on the season. Yep. So, yep. Um, I I'll be honest with you. After that South Alabama loss, oh, and scary. Iowa State they didn't lost, even have a quarterback. I, at that I had time. I had written that betting slip off. So has that kid stepped up? The oh yeah, quarterback. Yeah. No, he's been playing great. Yeah, he's been playing great. So. Yeah, no, uh, thanks to K-State for waking them up. And then we're going uh, back to the week before with KU. Um, Look at where KU's ranked now. I mean, I would think this could be one of the better KU-K-State games in a long time. This will be the best game game we've had in in a long time. I wish it was in Manhattan for certain. I mean, it – I don't feel like I normally feel (laughs) on this game coming up. We got one more week, but – They'll be. It'll be a full stadium. Uh, I, one thing I will say that I have confidence in is Ron Prince did not give a shit about this game, and that drove me crazy. Chris Kleiman does. Yeah. Just like Bill Snyder did. And Chris Kleiman knows how important it is for K-State fans yep. to win this game. Yep. And so I have confidence in the fact that I do think that it will not be overlooked – it's not just another loss if you lose, kind of like you're talking about with the, your feelings towards Texas. And, again, I tell KU fans this all the time. I know you don't feel the same way to K-State, the K-State feels to KU. 
I understand that. Your rival is Missouri, even though you haven't played them in two yeah, decades. Yeah. But I get it. What I always tell people, uh, I said, you don't have to agree with me, but th- I'm telling you this so you understand. The way that K-State feels towards KU is the way you feel or KU feels towards Missouri. You don't have to agree with me, but now you understand where I'm coming from and, yeah. and where that feeling is. It's a game is. you don't want to lose. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, early on in Snyder's career, he could go 0-10 the rest of his games. you got to beat KU. 1-10 <laughs> is good as long as that one yeah. win is KU. So. Do you know, I think back in when I was a kid, there was two games. It never was Bedlam for me. It was OU Texas always mm-hmm. and OU Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We we, you, yep. we hated Texas and respected Nebraska. Yep. And um, you, I don't know how you make that. I don't know how you make that separation, but we could. I can easily make the separation and go. I can root for Nebraska all day long and hope Nebraska wins. I can never root for Texas, no. even though I want to beat both of them. Yep. Um, but I I dream and hope that Nebraska gets good again. I don't know. What it's going to take. I mean, they got that guy up, the coach up there now. That I, I think he's a good coach. I think he could turn him around. And I've been defending them, but the money's got to come in, bad. and the transfer portal. Their loss got to Michigan to, State this past week. That's guess, bad. That's yeah. a bad loss. So, well, let's talk K State for a second. I get this off my chest. <laughs> All right, the bad. We'll start with the bad. Just. The worst half of football I've seen K-State play in a long time. Yeah. In that first half against Texas. I literally, so I had a friend that was going to come over at halftime, and I texted him and said, dude, I'm going to go outside where I'm not even going to watch this. This is terrible. Just like Oklahoma State, first half was terrible. Dug ourselves into a hole. Just like Missouri, first half was terrible. Dug us into a hole. Started to see a pattern here. When we try to run the ball, which we try to every game, we try to establish the run. We are a run-first team. When it doesn't work, our coaching staff sticks with it way too long Yeah, to the point where we get so far. And I say that. We had a chance to beat Texas. It wasn't way right. too long. We, we got – but they kept trying to run between the tackles. Their defensive line was dominating our offensive line. We couldn't do it. And we kept trying – I think our first 11 – possessions ended it with a punt something like that like we kept trying and it doesn't work try something different um it's interesting to me now with colin klein you know he was getting the notre dame offers and all that stuff last year i, I don't think he's going to be quite as as <laughs> hot on, on the yeah. market this year but uh i actually saw a post someone wrote that you know their oklahoma's offense is still ranked seventh in the country but everybody wants to fire Levy right now. The, yep. And you know who they were – One, I saw somebody write, they went Lincoln Riley's little brother. Oh. And I was like, you cannot be kidding me. <laughs> no. There's no that Riley would, that, that would, needs to no. be on the payroll. No. At, in that the would moment. not go well. But I, I don't think – I think Levy does fine. But Klein, like you said – all fans can sit there and go, it, "Good God, why aren't you change it up a little uh, bit?" And, and I get there's a talent gap in these in in this comparison I'm going to bring up, but it is amazing how we go out against, uh, let's say Houston, yeah. two weeks ago, and dominate them. I mean, we were every drive was right down the field touchdown, and then you go to, and I get Texas is better than Houston. I understand that, but 
We we could not move the ball at all. Well, some of the things that worked, you didn't even try. No. The next time. No. Yeah. yeah. So, going for it on fourth down at the end of the game. Ended up losing the game. Um, that's a question that everybody's analyzing this week. Do you kick the field goal, go to the second overtime? Do you, you go you for it? You don't because your on kicker the road? cannot kick. Exactly. That probably You're, scares your coach if, to death. If you were on board with us kicking the field goal and going to the second overtime, then you don't understand our kicking game. <laughs> it's not very good. Our kicker, has he's terrible from inside 25 yards. Terrible. Look at his numbers. Almost all of his missed field goals in his career were inside 25 yards. You get out, he's great. He got benched last year, early in the season. Didn't know if he was coming back this year. He comes back. He's missed a couple of extra points this year. He missed the field goal earlier. That's not a given three points. I'm good for it going on fourth down. What I'm not good with is the play calling was absolutely terrible once we had first and goal from the seven. Well, I shouldn't say that. Execution was bad the first two plays. The play was there. It worked. We didn't execute. Yep. And then at the end, the other thing that I'm thinking about, Philip, is if you're going to have the quarterback run game in this situation, why don't you put the quarterback that's a better runner in the game? These guys, I'm so – my biggest frustration this season, I didn't think Avery Johnson would play. I thought we should redshirt him. At this point, the red shirt's burned, so you might as well use him when it makes sense. The problem is, is I think they're using him – poorly he's coming in everybody knows he's going to run they had we had a, a third and 18 third and 19 a, a third down and long at one point during the mm -hmm. texas game and they brought avery in and he ran the ball uh, or handed the ball off he didn't run it. he handed it off like what well, well, will Howard can hand the ball off well, i don't know when they're going to take the training wheels off of him and let him let him let it rip like if you don't trust him to to try to get a first down there, why put the guy in in the first place? I, I just don't understand what they're doing with Avery Johnson. So, and then special teams that we talked about. We used to be special teams. You, we used to win games right. with good special teams. It hasn't been good. Kleiman doesn't have a special teams coach. I don't know how much they work on it. We got a sixth year long snapper snapping to a fifth year punter as a holder, and he snaps it off the guy's helmet on an extra point. I, I just. We had it. We had a blocked punt when the game's on the line, and our guys just flopped on the ball. There wasn't a Texas player within twenty yards <laughs> of that ball. You could have tried not once, maybe not twice, but three times trying to scoop that up and score before you had to flop down on it if you bobbled it. And we just we just were happy to get it and just drop down on it. Just mind-blowing how bad our special teams has gotten over the past few years. But the good. Do you, uh, projecting who would be in the Big 12 championship game. I, I'm say Texas. But then you've got this basically both Texas and Oklahoma State's 5-1. and one. Yep. I don't know. I haven't looked at Oklahoma State's schedule the rest of the way. They've got uh, UCF, Florida. Houston, yep. BYU. Yeah, they have the easiest schedule. That's, and at home against BYU. Yep. Houston's terrible. Yep. UCF is it, I watched no, UCF in it's person. Gonna, this is their game. They're pretty good. If they get past this and it's at UCF. And it's at UCF, yeah. If they can get past this game, they're gonna be there with one one exception. I think if their quarterback, if Bowman gets hurt, yeah, then they're in it's trouble. gonna be bad. Yeah. But if Bowman stays healthy and they get past Central Florida this weekend, then yeah. I think they 
because they, they walk have, in. They have but the tiebreaker against the only one they lose. They have the tiebreaker against K State. Yeah, and they have the tiebreaker against some somebody else that's up. Now nah, they've too, got so. it. I mean, it's, it looks yep. like an, it's Texas was wanting to play in Oklahoma school, wasn't they? In the Big Twelve Championship, so, they may be yep. getting their hands full of it. Yeah, I look at the rest of them and go. Even if Oklahoma finishes out, they they don't jump KU. They don't if KU beats K State. I don't think K State. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's going to be. We, we got to have a lot of help. It's K State, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas. One of those three yeah. teams. Because you got to assume if K State beats KU, that takes KU out of it with K State with a tiebreaker there. Yep. So that. Uh, who would have thought KUK State may have implications on the Big 12 championship game at the end of the season? So, um, yeah, if KU and KU's in the same boat, if I mean they have a tougher schedule, but they they went out. You know, we you, you start watching any basketball yet? Yeah. Switch to that. Yep. Let's go for a second. Um, which would not make this a basketball podcast, but I I look at uh, Oklahoma's not going to be very good, but I I saw today they signed the number one kid in Oklahoma. I don't know how good this kid is. He must be something special, but he's from a 2A school. Uh, okay. Dale, Oklahoma, won state last year and probably went undefeated and I think will win it again. 6'3 kid. Um, but the best player in the whole state's at a 2A school. <laughs> it's hard to believe. If you was at a 2A school anywhere else, you'd be going to a 6A school. Yeah. Somebody would come and yep. get you. That's where we talk about the uh, – <coughs> but we're going after 6'3 white kids. Yeah. We're not hey. – it may be tough. I've had a few of those here and there. Yeah. No, it. Uh, so I, I watched. I did watch the K State USC game. Um, that's a tough game right out of the gate. Yeah, it to, is. to play. Yep. Um, we looked like a team that lost its two superstars is but, playing four freshmen. Yeah, they're big and athletic with an entirely new offense. Yep. That's what we looked like. I mean, we lost by 13, shot. I think it was like – it was under 30%. The first the half, you couldn't buy a three. Oh, it was terrible. We couldn't buy a bucket. Yeah. We were missing layups. Yep. But the future is bright this year. I think if you make the tournament, that's a win. Yeah. Um, yep. You got well, you got your best player right now who's suspended for I – don't, I don't, there's been no information. Maybe got into a fight. Maybe just argued with a bouncer about closing time at a bar in Aggieville. I don't – either way, probably shouldn't have been there. But, you know, I don't remember if you and I had this conversation or I had this conversation with somebody. But it's a hard line because you think about it, and you, it, it's easy for me to sit here and say, what the hell is he doing at a bar at 2 o'clock in right. Aggieville? But then on the flip side, he's a college kid too. Like, well, what's Travis Kelsey doing at a World Series <laughs> yeah. game the night before – I mean, two yeah. days before the – so that upset a lot of people. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did. But what what's been really enjoyable, just comedic gold on on X. I got to use. I got to get used to not calling it Twitter. Is that the KU fans, um, and specifically if you don't follow this guy, you should. His 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 X name is Jayhawk Takeover. Weighing in on how Jerome Tang should handle the situation with Naquan Tomlin. <laughs> If this was Bill Self, he probably would have suspended a women's soccer player and taken a scholarship away from the lacrosse from team. State. So, <laughs> it, uh, it, it that that's been pretty funny, pretty pretty good on on the X side. But uh, um, yeah, we'll be all right. 
one thing I will say to to watch, and if you're a K-State fan, you already know this, but if you're not, watch the K-State women's basketball team this year. They're pretty good? They're going to be good. Their entire starting five are all over six foot tall. And their their player, um, Ioka Lee, or, um, she's the one that uh, had the 60-some point game against OU two years ago, and then last year she blew her knee out, so she uh, so she's back. She didn't play. But, yeah, they're going to be good. I mean, they're, they're ranked. If they're not, they will be, but they're going to be good this year. I saw a uh, thing, you probably saw it too, about a guy says and got really upset with the WNBA girls about he said you take a state champion 6A high school team in boys mm -hmm. would tear the best WNBA team apart. No question. This guy said it. So the ladies at the Las Vegas Aces got mad about it and said he was being sexist and mm -hmm. everything else. And uh, he said, okay, I'll put together the team, get the team, and I'll pay you a million dollars if you can beat them. And it's more than any of you make. Million dollars. Well, anyway, big conversation on it. The size now of kids in high school mm -hmm. that are big schools, like oh, yeah. go down to IMG or yep. somewhere like yep. that. The big guy, the big people and girls. This is where there's a difference in girls and guys. Mm -hmm. Hey, they're great athletes. God bless them. Great athletes. Nobody watches them because it's not that great of a game or right. whatever. But uh, this guy said, your bigs, even in high school now, are seven-footers. Yep. Your guards are 6'3", 6'4", 6'6". Yeah. And the big girls are 6'3", in WNBA. 6'3", to 6'4". Yep. That's it. So, the big fight on X again yeah, over and, this. And, 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 and I'll say But I don't this. know why we have to keep comparing. It's stupid to even compare. You can't. It is what it is. I, I think that your two things – so, so definitely the, the men's game is faster. Like, if you got guys and that are going to run – the women will not be able to keep up with it. It just the, the, they're physically built different. Well, the size is just yeah. the dominating. And, and then the other thing I would say is it, how the game is officiated. I'm not saying that the women's game is not brutal in the paint and not physical in the paint because it is. Yeah. But I promise you, the men's game is a different level of physicality in the lane than a women's game. I can go watch a high school basketball game at Central right now, and defense is so much more intense. They just are on each other so hard. Yeah. This is not a knock at all. No, I no, love not girls at all. basketball. Not I at love all. high school yep. girls basketball. I like college basketball. WNBA is not big. I I could tell you if I watched the, a full game tomorrow, that would be my first one I ever watched. Yep. I haven't I've never, yeah, I've never watched or it. anything yep. like that. Um, yep. And they have to be, they're one of those sports that has to be sponsored by someone else. Right. And, that, and you know, like but, when, when the women's national soccer team was, was, was throwing their fit about equal pay and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, it, you know, again, not, I don't want to be sexist about it, but, it, and this has nothing to do with the ability of the, of the, the women that are playing right at the end of the day. This is the fact the men's national team, more people watch it, more people pay attention, more money comes in for ad revenue, all that kind of stuff. They bring in more money, they can pay more money out to yep. the players. And yep. the women's game, very few people watch it, they don't bring in near the money. So to expect to get paid the same amount <laughs> it with doesn't even make right. sense, does it? And, and and it has nothing to do with them. No. It's no. that's the way it is. It's all about the viewership. The I saw where that the NBA was looking at their their 
TV contracts about up right now, and it's it's tremendous, like a twenty five billion. And they're saying it's going to be like seventy five billion for their next mm. TV contract. You know how much they guys already make. My gosh, I mean, look up yeah. guys that you guys know from K State that's playing in the NBA now, and look how much money they're making. I've looked up Buddy Hield before. I've looked up um, oh, Trey Young. Trey Young. They make so yeah. much money, it's unbelievable. Like, yep. Buddy's already made over $100 million. Baker's still down around 50 And who knows, who who would you know better, Baker or Buddy? Yep. But where's the money at? Yep. The yep. money's in the NBA, um, but it's for a few. You don't have a 52-team or 16 Yeah, you're only paying 15 guys, guys versus With that kind 80. of a TV. Baseball kicks itself in the ass every day because most of the time, now we get upset because we – Sometimes can't watch Thursday night football if it's on yeah. Peacock or something yep. like that that you don't have. But 90% of the time, all NFL football games are accessible. Yes. The ones baseball, very inaccessible. Yeah. you you got to have you got to have yeah. seven Multiple different. Multiple apps yes, and subscriptions. To watch the and, game. Yep. They're kicking their own self yep. in the gut by doing that. Yep. So, and the, and the NBA, I feel like, is a little bit that way, too. But the NBA's contract, evidently, is going to be so huge that – um, yep. Well, and it's, it's unbelievable what these guys are going to, you know, make. the whole revenue sharing and salary cap and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, baseball has, you know, the NCAA kicked the can down the road on this whole paying players for two decades and ended up with a complete disaster that we have now. The whole thing up. And baseball, in my opinion, has done the same thing over the past 20 years because, you know, I mean, since I'm, I'm 45, and since I remember watching baseball, they've been talking about salary caps and revenue sharing, and they've kicked the can down the road so much that it'll it'll never they'll never get to that now. Yep. And it's the product is it's the same deal. Any given year, well, I shouldn't say almost any given year, you I could give you six teams at the beginning of the season, and one of those six teams is going to be playing yep. for a World Series. This was a strange year for the same, for the. Uh, for the team in um, Phoenix. Um, yeah, the Diamondbacks. Um, because they only won 84 games in regular season. They just got hot at the right time to make it to the World Series. Yep. But I don't know if you've got very many Texas Ranger fan friends, but if you're from Oklahoma, when I was a kid, the only channel we got was the Rangers. So everybody watched. So lots of people from Oklahoma are Rangers fan, Texas Rangers fans. So I never saw so many crying, carrying on hey. stuff or – Winning the World Series, uh, and good for them. Yep, first one ever. First one ever. Speaking of crying, <laughs> so I said we'd get back to this. Let's talk about Caleb Williams for a second. He is, Did you does see he that? disgust you? He's it's it's almost he is working himself out of, out of a the guaranteed number one draft. Pick. Yep. I, I say every week he every game that they lose, he sulks on the sideline yep. forever. Yep. Does not go Throws with the a team. Fit, does, does not talk to anybody. Doesn't congratulate yep. the other team. And he's not a leader. Week, oh, he's the, maybe the worst I've ever yep. seen. And the media follows him because yep. he's an ex-Heisman winner. Yep. Now, to, not, to say he's not talented, he's tremendous. Oh, absolutely talented. is. I mean, yep. I, I've watched multiple of their games, and he can do things one-on-one that he could be the best running back in the NFL next year if he was a running yep. back. I mean, he's so good. I mean, you think about but not a leader the, the at demands, all. him throwing a fit and, and demanding that he gets a revenue share or a <laughs> part ownership of, a, of the – of the organization that drafts him, which will never happen. That's what I, I, should I was say. thinking. I should just I think call that's him. a very, very egotistical. What, what's the word I'm looking? No, I think that 
that's a a cliff that I don't think the NFL wants. I don't no. think they want to start going they, down. Nobody, that road. they're not. I think do that. that could be a disaster if they start doing that. Um, they would never got, do it. These like, guys are geniuses like his, that own NFL teams. His fingernails teams. painted F yep. N D when he's playing them. And, and he did Obviously, F the Utah. Pouting, the the demanding of like these are things that NFL owners are seeing. Yep. And they don't want just a player. They want, if you're going to be the number one pick, well, he's the face of your. Be a leader. He's the face of your organization, and that's refusing to shake hands. He he's done that a couple times this year. He well, every time they lose, he right. immediately yeah. goes and yeah. pouts by himself, and he has his own little group of handlers that carries his his yeah. helmet for him. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of disgusting, another thing I saw. Um, I don't remember if it was last week. I think it was two weeks ago. But Shadur Sanders, his Instagram. While they're at halftime of the game that they're playing, it was a game they were up 20-some points at halftime or whatever. His Instagram is tweeting or is posting merchandise links during halftime <laughs> of the game he's playing. Yes, there's a potential somebody else is doing it. But the image of that, yes, again, same type of sense. thing, trying to get drafted. And people are talking about him sitting in the locker room at halftime while his Instagram account is posting links to merchandise. That's not a good look. No. Nope. So your daddy might be prime, but you're not yet. Well, and and you may never be. I mean, I mean speaking, of I, I just do say that every week. Every week that I've watched Caleb play, he turns me off more mm -hmm. and more and more. Although. Like I said, he's got a rocket for an arm. He's got he can run like nobody's business. But that only goes so far when you get in the NFL. Yep. Look, look how many of them fall right off the cliff. Yep. Well, and and you're talking about prime. I mean, the last two weeks, I, I, I've been disgusted by him in his post game rants. I mean, he he obviously has zero interest in coaching. His deal is. I'm going to go get players in the transfer portal, and I don't give a crap about making them better. If you suck, just go somewhere else. I'm going to go find somebody else. Yeah. Like, I don't know that that's a way long-term to uh, to build a program. So I don't think he'll stick around no, that and that's long. where I'm His going with that. I think this is a short-term. Yeah. The way he's acting. He did acting. give a rejuvenation to Colorado. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Even though they're not going to win very many games in the end of the nope. day. No, I mean, they've already made more money off of him than his yep. contract is. So, even if he leaves after one year, yep. they're in a better place now than they were a year ago trying to find somebody. So, good for them. You take a chance. It's, it's worked for him. But I don't – yeah, I mean, not wanting to develop players. I mean, he's been on his coaches. He's been on his offensive line all season, which they're bad. I get it. Try to help him get better. Don't just say you suck. At well, the end of the right season, the get out of here. Tells I'm the media go, how much yeah. they suck. I'll, I'm going to find somebody else in the portal that's going to take your spot yeah. next year. Yeah. He's, how do you think that guy's going to play? And your son's the quarterback. And there, you know that that kid's already going. That's fine because I got somewhere I'm ready to go to. If, if that's the way you're treating me, why would I not be well, just like, hey, go hit my quarterback? Go. That reputation's got to stand out to other kids because mm -hmm. everybody's got money. Yep. I mean, you can, you can go a lot of places and make money. You can't go everywhere and hang out with Prime. Nope, nope. And I guess that's important to some people, but I don't know that it develops kids the right way. Nope. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. You know, I want to tell you one thing. I went downtown today. Okay. Four-ish, four-ish, four-thirty-ish. 
our downtown was totally packed. No parking spots, hardly anywhere. Good. I'm always glad to see that when yep. you go down there and you see so Absolutely. many cars. Uh, when I think back when I moved here back in 06, downtown was fairly a ghost town. Anytime I mean, you, I, Tony's was, or Martinelli's yep. was down there. Yep. But, I mean, there was not a parking spot. I, um, multi, many, many blocks down through there. And everybody's buildings are getting facelifts everywhere. It makes you happy for Salina, happy for the people who stay here. Absolutely. No, I mean, I. there was uh, if there was probably a 10-year period there where if I went downtown, I was either going to Martinelli's or, or 111. 111 or, <laughs> or Martinelli's. Or maybe I was going to go to, uh, um, if I was getting something printed up at Messenger, some signs or, you know, something like that. That was, I, mean, I never went downtown. No, so. I, we rarely did. Those that stuck it out and they're still yep. down there, good for them. Yep, and, absolutely. And the way they've given the place a facelift is, and it's like you said, you remember when people were complaining when this originally oh, started, yeah. all the Facebook, it's never going to work, it's da-da-da, which I even probably, you could probably go back five years ago and go, I probably was one that said, why would they build a hotel downtown? Have you ever ate a bad meal at that hotel? No, you know why. Is it of that always the cleanest? Yep. I mean, it's great. Yep, it's, it's ran it's, well. S- service is consistent. The food is good every time. Yep, yep. yep. So, so although anybody that thought thought wrong, yep. thought bad of it, thought wrong because it's it's really turned out well. And I, we've said that multiple times, but just seeing it at four thirty today was yep. kind of a hey, good to see because I don't go downtown. Yep. A lot during the daytime. Right. When work during work. But. No, and last weekend, like I said, the the marathon was great. There were so many people down there all over the place. Santa Fe was lined with Who people. Who put this marathon together? Who's the main people that? I, I think uh, so. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say names because I I don't want to yeah, leave people out. But it's just a group of of Salina, just people. Salina people. Yep. Yep. So um, that put it on and and you know the big thing with that is. I don't know exactly the number, but they had. I heard between thirty five hundred and four thousand. So in that they had like about thirty four hundred, thirty seven hundred, somewhere in their runners. But last year they had they didn't. I don't think they had a thousand. Huh. So for them to grow one year that quickly and still pull off a great event, have everything taken care of and accounted for without hiccups, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, they they did a really good job from an organization standpoint. So yeah, well, it was a, it was a great event, and hopefully next year they double it again. There'll be six thousand runners down there. So. <laughs> well, you will have some mad people then. Oh jeez, <laughs> go get your medication on Friday. Yes, on Friday. <laughs> so all right, anything well, else? Nope, that sounds good. We'll all right talk to you in two weeks. Maybe we yep. can get into a little bit of basketball in the next couple of weeks, but but it's still a little early for that because we won't even be done with the NFL or the NCAA football season. Quite yet. On our last podcast, we'll know who's in the Big 12 yep. Championship game probably the next time. Yep. We we'll hold it. off the next one after the KUK State game. So yep. I'll either be really happy yep. or I'm going to be, uh, it's going to be a 30 minute rant. So we'll <laughs> see. But uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Phillip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.